Hello, everyone, and welcome to the American Horror Story podcast by Bald Move. We're the officially unofficial podcast for the season nine of American Horror Story, the 1984 season. This is for episode seven, The Lady in White, Lily, Lily Rabe. Cecily, what did you think of this episode? Well, Aaron, I'm not having as much fun as I used to. <laughs> the, I have a lot more questions and not enough answers. And it, it just. And I feel bad because a lot of the opinions I've been getting os- mm-hmm. through osmosis on the internet is that everyone loves this episode. And I think it's by far the weakest. And. It should have half of this episode should have been in the last one. Mm. Half of this episode should have been in the next one. In mm. the next episode, if all goes according to plan, which is this Camp Redwood Fire Festival massacre, should have happened today or I mean yesterday. I, I, this I'm, week, I'm a little lost. Halloween I feel episode. Like, I feel I'm getting a little some Bilbo Baggins. Uh, I like half of you less than half the, of the, that you deserve, and deserve half of you more than. All right, twice well, as that's much all like. you. I'm just saying that this episode <laughs> didn't need to happen. Okay. I'm saying that all of the events could have happened last episode and the next episode. This should have been a banger, and I did not feel that way. I think. I think you're feeling a little let down too because yes. you were expecting we we've got uh we're, because exactly we're, we what got, I thought was gonna happen happened we've got banger blue balls and that we thought episode 100 is gonna be a banger and we thought the Halloween episode is gonna be a banger I actually think this is an enjoyable and fun episode but the problem is is they clearly thought of this idea well into the filming of the season exactly because if they had the idea for this this lady in white they would have inserted her a lot more places it's like, like imagine... lily rabe uh, schedule suddenly became available because her netflix movie was a bomb <laughs> imagine if she uh, if like in the first episode when mckenzie you know when uh, trevor's eating mckenzie out under the water she looks over the lake and there's this, this ghostly lady in white over there instead, instead of, of the truck... pickup truck that like yes we knew that can you know serial killers were converging on the camp right. anyway we didn't and, know- and it's something it's someone that's so terrifying that she terrifies only other ghosts yeah not actual people that have been around and they treated the the reveal that like jingles was the little chubby kid in camp as like a big kind of twist and like this is like a huge twist and pivot for the series and i'm like you can't claim a twist that you introduced in the episode that you reveal it like but i again like there's a lot of things i loved here i really liked some of the campy shit going on in the oh that's the other thing no possible fucking way would they talk about the camp redwood massacre and not immediately say that oh by the way 20 years ago it happened before. Right. Or on the news, Camp Redwood has its third, it's massacre. third massacre. Like we just every need to time they try to open this camp. Yeah. No, it, it's that's the thing. It's like or this, a selling point for the festival. This Three feels, massacres have occurred here. Yes. So that's what I'm saying. Like this, this all feels very bolted onto the season. But individually, like I really like the flashback. I, I like Lily Rap. <laughs> Lily Rabe did a amazing job with what she was given in this episode. Uh, I thought some of the flashbacks to the 1948 Camp Golden Star was fun. I thought uh, the the Donna and uh, Brooke dancing at the roller rink was really fun. I thought Dylan McDermott was having a lot of fun. Oh, my God. You did it right the first time. I've been practicing with his <laughs> terrible mustache and his sleazy kind of serial killer. I, there's there's a lot of so stuff good. that I, I really enjoyed. I love the dialogue yes. between the ghosts and jingles. Right, like, the individual pieces. It just feels like this season would have been perfect if Ryan Murphy had had, and I always blame it on Ryan Murphy, had had mm-hmm. all the ideas. What about Brad Falchuk? Whatever it is, whatever it is, whoever lash? came up with these ideas because they're good, threw it at a writer's room. Because I understand they're, they, these people aren't bad at what they're doing. You don't create this many hit shows mm-hmm. if you're making bad ideas. We wouldn't be covering it if they're bad ideas. But I'm just saying, take it, get your loose outline, throw it at a writer's room, and have someone put it in order. Because the reason flashbacks is a cliched kind of joke right. we make is because it seems like it's always has a tacked on moment. Yeah. And you can throw a lot of money at a lot of writers who, I mean, you're giving people on screen that are, you know, minorities and different types of people 
jobs, mm-hmm. you can do it in the writer's room. And you got plenty of money, just we can make this work forever. Maybe they want a diverse writer's room, but it's diverse in terms of like quality of writing. Or it's diverse you, you in gotta... like that they have a different diverse group of people every week. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Mad Libs in there. I, yeah, it's just, it's I, just frustrating to see something I love. Yeah, it's like it's like having a child. Uh-huh. You know, I'm watching this thing in its in its ninth year, and I'm like, I I want so much better for you, and I mm-hmm. love you so much. Well, it's like it reminds me of like Vince Gilligan used to always like what they he said in their writers' room. He's the showrunner for Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, etc. Um, he says that like what they like to do in Breaking Bad was get to the end of the season and like paint themselves into an impossible corner. And then he'd spend the rest of the next year trying to figure out how to get out of that. And I feel like that what's going on with this show is that's happening on an episode to episode basis. Like, let's this is essentially a game of improv. And let's, you know, yes, and yes, and yes, and everything. And there's always get to a point in the season where it kind of. Right. And like maybe that was their style when they started Nip Tuck or Glee, that it was it was, you know, living episode to episode. Mm hmm. Maybe that's how it was, and they got into a style of that. But I just think they think it's fun, and it, like if maybe, if se- maybe if, that's how it keeps you creative. And I think that like if you are in board for like okay, well, seventy five percent of American Horror Story is going to be fun and trashy and kind of like soap opera y, and then there's going to be a twenty five percent of just like what the fuck or this is stupid. Then yeah, but it's always like you get this far into a good season, and you're like, oh man, this is going to be the one. It's going to be the one that they fucking nail yeah. it. I would love to see how this thing gets made, uh, because you could even fix this in the editing room. Like for instance, Trevor and Montana are going down on each other in the ghost <laughs> lake, and instead, of, and you know, when the camera cuts to the truck, uh-huh. you could have just cut the, swap that out with a scene of a woman in white running through the woods. And it works just as well. They're in the lake. They're far enough away that, you know, you can you can add these things in post. And I just I would love to see how it gets made. Uh, but, it would be funny if we actually posted a YouTube video of how American Horror Story gets made. <laughs> and it's just like all that banned industrial farming footage of like chickens being mechanically separated. We should do that. And yes. just be like, this is how American Horror Story gets made. Yes. Um, nah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I don't know. Because that would be fun because we could play characters. This it's is... a funny idea, but actually the vi- I'm thinking how horrific the video would actually be, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, shall we get into this episode? The yes. Lady in White. Okay, I have one more disclaimer okay. before we actually Disclaim. get into the episode. This is, there's no way to talk about this episode without talking about spoilers for classic 80s horror movies, including Camp Sleepaway or Sleepaway Camp, which we just watched and Friday the 13th specifically. So I'm going to do just that throughout this episode. Okay. And uh, if you haven't seen those 30, 40 year old movies. Yeah. Then... If you haven't and this spoils you, still <laughs> go watch fair, them. They're they're so fun. To be fair, and... American Horror Story not only spoils itself on Instagram, but it spoils. I mean, like, it's like going back. I don't think you can spoil it because going back and watching these movies, if you haven't seen them already, half the fun is like, oh my God, look at where they pulled this thing or that. Or it's thing. like, you know where it's going to end and how are we going to get there? Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's get into the episode, Lady in White. All right, time for housekeeping. And guys and gals, I'm not going to lie. There's just too much good TV to keep up with right now. Too much for any one human to keep up with. Yet, we valiantly try. If you want to keep up with any of these, just search for the show name wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. We Do is our Watchmen podcast. Two weeks in, it's been a total delight. We're giving it the full treatment, instant live take and talk podcast for club members on Sunday night and a full podcast with recap and analysis each Tuesday. Pickle Me This is our Rick and Morty podcast wrapping up a season three coverage. It releases every Tuesday. This week we're talking Morty's Mind Blowers with Ify Wadiwe from the Maximum Fun Network. He's a really fun interview and we talked about whether we should stress about shifting dimensions. On our podcast, 2-Bit Encryption, we're covering the twisty and turny final season of Mr. Robot, the world's premier show about hacking, mental illness, and social alienation. Full podcast recaps every Wednesday. Don't look now, but this week is the Halloween episode, almost guaranteeing a banger. Cecil and I are also doing our Cinema Spooktacular. It's our third annual. The first two episodes are out. The third episode will drop on Halloween Eve Eve this 30th, this, uh, this Wednesday. 
Cecily and Alexis of Pin Y fame will be covering his dark materials on Bald Move TV starting on Monday, November 4th. But you don't have to wait now. You can download their coverage that they began last week with a review of the 2007 Golden Compass movie. Finally, if you're in the mood for spooky stories to tell in the dark, check out our newest feature, Lunch with Jim and Aaron, Reheated. This is where we release our five-year-old club member-only lunch podcast for everyone to enjoy. This Thursday, we have the classic lunch where Jim and I turn off the studio lights and tell spooky stories from our childhood. Can your spine handle the tingle from the tale of the church on Joppa Road? Check out this week's reheated lunch and find out. Once again, if any of those sound good, just search for the show name wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can find them all on baldmove.com. Turns out that Jingle's mom... Uh, as revealed in a flashback to Camp Golden Star in 1948, uh, is working there as just a camp laborer. She's like the cook, and she does various other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and guess what? It's Lily Rabe. Lily Rabe is back. Uh, turns out also Jingles was kind of the chubby older brother to a golden boy who mommy loved best. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Jingles kind of a stick up his ass, spoil sports snitch kind of guy. Uh, well, but okay, was, he, wanna, was he born that way or was his mom emotionally abusive asshole? Uh, who knows? It, it might be one of those situations where she's actually her ex-lover's baby. Mm. Or he's actually her ex-lover's baby, but well, she, was she married the hand. other guy, so she really takes it out on this guy. That's giving too much impetus to it. She, but Kim Golden Star itself, that name, yeah. Golden Star stands for or means in the war, uh, Widowed? Is oh, that right? Yeah. Widowed yeah, yeah, yeah. Gold star. or mothers? Yep. Gold you would star consider a families. mother who had a child that was lost in the war who would be golden star, a golden star family? Yep. Yep. I just put that together. I thought it was like a Jewish thing maybe at first, but oh. no, no, no. So uh, this is like a camp just for uh, maybe mothers of war veterans or something like that? I don't know. Maybe because the, they mentioned Are, that like, I think later on that they were hiring okay. um, specifically for that perhaps, but... Uh, I, I guess I didn't, is, did widows, war widows have a hard time after World War II? I thought there'd be so yes. many that like w- the government would do something to help them, but that's just silly of me for thinking that. Right. There was, yeah, there was this class of women who was out there working. Right. And suddenly they had families who were. The men came home and kicked them out of the factories, and some of the men didn't come home. And, and but those they women... were still kicked out of the factories. Yeah. So it was, it was particularly hard for, for women who were widows of the war at this time. That's what I was saying. Also, is Lily Rabe like just an enormous bitch the whole time, or was she like turned that way due to circumstance? Uh, it's all a tragedy. It's all a tragedy. <laughs> it's all a tragedy. Lives. It's all I, very I, real. I said at the beginning of this episode, or this, this season, how the fuck are they going to make me feel sympathetic to this shit-eating psychopath? They did it. They did it. I feel pretty bad for Jingles after this episode. Okay, I have to walk it back too because I still think he's just fuck him. He's just deplorable as an adult. But <laughs> this young man that uh-huh. they got to play a young Mr. Jingles yeah. is so unfortunately good. Yeah. That it's got to be hard on his self-esteem. Yeah, well, you know. He's a perfectly nice boy who's playing just this asshole. Maybe this guy's just got who's slack. gonna grow up to have shit all over his face. Like like he gets out of these uh these these tidy tidy camp outfits and he just got like swag dripping off of him like whoa you know maybe I mean, and or maybe he's going through a little shy awkward stage and he's getting cast for stuff that you know uh but but you know that that uh everyone can you, you can grow out of that you can grow out of that you can you can you can learn to love what you got i mean look at look at jingles look at jingles you go to you go to you go to alaska and you find that prostitute and you, and you settle down laugh. with her and you 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 turn your back on the blood and violence and bloodshed and mm. violence and sheds in your background and you you start a whole new life with your best friend Jesse Pinkman. Anyway, the one of the only his first murderer and the one he's least guilty of is his brother. <laughs> yeah, so so he goes down to the lake and some pretty girls are cruel to him and it seems like that he won't let him or his brother have any fun because he's afraid to be bullied. But then he also follows the hunky lifeguard off into the bushes so he can watch him fuck. Yeah. Either because his inherent desire to snitch on people having fun a la Margaret, or maybe he's just a perv. 
Uh, I mean, I would have done the same thing when I was that when I was that age. If I knew that they were going to go fuck in the woods, absolutely, I'd go watch because I'm 12 and I'm curious. Okay. Don't you, right. Didn't you want to know what sex was like when you were 12 or what adults got into in private? Man, I was so fucked up with the cult stuff that like I uh. I, I probably would have I, I would have known what was happening. I'm just be like, I'm not going to. I would have been I maybe I wouldn't have been a super creep. I would have just like followed them to see what they were doing. And once confirmed, I like, been what if like, I saw yeah, that and got a boner? Left. What would that mean? Would God love me then, Cecily? Uh, complicated question. We'll get to at the end of the podcast. <laughs> Satan, Satan, Satan. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, so anyway, uh, his his brother gets bored of being left on the lame dock and decides to jump in right behind this fishing boat with this little tiny motor on it. So frankly, it's really his fault. It's kind of his fault, but these guys just like they they gently start backing the boat up. And they r- apparently run this kid over and it just like turns the water all red and it's chopped up. But and, so. and it's completely ridiculous. But I love it because it's essentially the same plot that kicks off the the into motion, the events of Sleepaway Camp. Yes. And they're doing two things here. This is both Sleepaway Camp and Friday the 13th, which I just watched last night while, while we were handing out candy because uh-huh. it was on TV. And in Friday the 13th, the story is that there was a young boy who drowned in the lake and his mother was the camp cook there and she just went mad with grief mm-hmm. and she kills all the campers and there's a dual like personality thing with Friday the 13th and sleepaway camp too Yeah, that I don't think they're going to do anything with, huh. but we got, we got little That's boys, true. we That's got true. children being chopped up under and possibly slow boat motors <laughs> in both of those. So by the way, we fun. did, we did, as Cecily alluded to in her disclaimer, we reviewed the 1983 camp Sleepaway in our cinema spectacular Sleepaway three. Camp. That's a hard one. Uh, Sleepaway camp in our cinema spectacular three, the search for spook volume two. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, opinion, when we do these in the future, or actually we still have a, a couple weeks left in AHS. Should we cross post these to the AHS feed? If if you have an opinion either way, send it to AHS at baldmove.com because it's essentially me and Cecily talking about silly, spooky, scary stuff, which is mm-hmm. the mission of this podcast. As far as I can and tell happen at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, if, if you got a strong opinion, let us know. So Lily Rab- Rabe, I always want to say Robbie, but it's Lily Rabe, comes out swinging for an Emmy as she just completely <laughs> loses her shit, blames Junior Jingles, blames the hunky lifeguard, declaring everyone present, including Lord Jesus Christ, as guilty of killing her beautiful boy. Yep. Uh, I mean, she's doing everything in this, in this role. Um, and we flash back to the early 90s? as Brooke and Donna arrive at a cheap hotel and Brooke is super sick because Donna pumped her full of whatever's just the right chemical to make you look dead but you could be brought back from right and and, this... and here's the thing uh it takes several days for her to detox from this and they're showing like Donna injecting her well, Donna's still fucking with Brooke right I think no, she's no. absolutely fucking with her I was watching this this detox montage mm-hmm. or, do you, you call it a montage yeah when you just saw, see time passing and Donna Donna is wearing one outfit when she brings Brooke back and then she's wearing another outfit when she throughout the montage this mm-hmm. yellow shirt and then the next day she brings her back a burger so it's only been about a day and i think that's but totally believable like- to detox from a drug strong enough like a romeo and juliet drug that's strong enough to make you look dead to anyone who wants to inspect closer uh-huh. because she couldn't have just made her unconscious anyone could have just been like uh see a pulse she's breathing things like that yeah i I, and I, I didn't do any research into this baklavon uh-huh <laughs> i don't know if i write that down right that's a greek either. pastry that they blend up and inject 50 cc's into your bloodstream so yeah i mean i'm i'm, I'm buying Stop your heart i'm buying okay well here's the thing i'm buying stock in this drug. i'm not buying it because here's the other thing is as soon as brooke wakes up there's this giant flyer for camp redwood fest and Brooke immediately sees it, and Donna's like, oh, no, pretend like you didn't see that thing that I just conspicuously left out for you to see. Right. I'm not buying it for this reason. Okay. She, Ramirez, and Donna had a meeting I... once he was brought back by the devil mm-hmm. in the woods. 
how did she escape that? There's something more going on here. I'm no, completely I, on your side. I think that she is either resuming her study on the next generation serial killer or and she sees that as like her way into heaven or she's made a deal with Satan and she doesn't want to be collected on. Or but no, there's no she, fucking way that she's doing this out of purity of her heart. No, I mean, she could just be true to her word and that she's like... <gasps> Oh, I just had a brilliant idea. Okay, she could be true to her word that she she's seen the facts of the devil. She doesn't want to be like her daddy. Mm-hmm. She wants to go to heaven. And I think what they're, she's going to do is use Brooke as the final girl sacrifice to buy oh. her way into heaven. That's how the Bible works, right? Yes. Either way, she's not... She's anyway. Not, she's not fucking... She's, she's not playing it straight here. No, I'm putting that out there as an official theory. Final girl does not mean Brooke survives. It means that she's going to die. Mm. Uh, so it turns out the Brooke stint in prison was hell. She was reduced to counting her blinks in an hour to distract herself from the fact that she was missing in 80s. The missing, all the 80s, Cecily. All the morning. It's morning in America. Morning, day, and night. A new dawn. I love the fact that she's unironically delivering this right into the face of a black <laughs> trans woman. That yeah. is so... It, the, 80s, the 80s were mourning in America. Like, yeah, especially coming off the heels of uh, her Angelica Ross starring in Pose. Yeah. So good. And yeah. to look at her face, and those things have got to be there. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty funny. Uh, and, this, and, and this is where Donna's like, ah, I was kind of feeling bad about using it again, but nah. Nah. Uh, Donna says she knows where there's a place where the 80s will never die and it's a roller rink and they're saying like in the middle of the 90s that roller rinks were rare in California is this like in the Midwest we have tons of roller rinks still today I've never lived more than like five miles from a roller rink no in Indiana and Ohio no there's three that I can think of right in uh, near us right so is this just like a west coast thing that they don't have them anymore or is it just like a midwest thing that we do like are we so out of touch and dated and kitschy that like we're just like oh roller and everybody else is like fucking roller skates man right that is disco exactly you're gonna tell me they don't have drive-in movie theaters anymore I mean that's the other weird thing about the midwest (laughs) we still have fucking drive-in theaters um I I don't know I I I, that was just a shocker to me that there's not roller rinks in the or maybe this is just a alternate universe AHS thing. We want to know, know AHS at baldmove.com. <laughs> uh, but they're having fun and they're super cute. I mean, this is a ridiculous scene. It doesn't really make any context. It's just like, oh, you want to kill some people? Well, to distract you, I'm going to take you to the roller rink. Um, but it's it's really fun. And it's really cute watching them kind of bopping around the place. Yeah, she's just resocializing her like a puppy. And then Dylan McDermott wearing a dead woodchuck for a mustache <laughs> befriends them follows them out to their car uh which will not start uh because he has damaged their car by fucking their distributor cap and then he offers to fix the thing to get in their good graces so he can hitch with them and donna's all like hey look it's my policy not to pick up the dead muskrat mustache oh, donna's men. like game men. recognize game <laughs> right, right. I, know, I know a trap when i see one get in here let's see what you got um but she's like well you did help me out so come on in the car it's okay uh dylan immediately is acting sketchy making the women feel very uncomfortable telling them about the urban legends about the headlight flashers have you heard about Doing that heroic amounts of coke in the backseat <laughs> <laughs> have you have you have you heard this uh this uh, headlight uh I have now. Urban because I feel like this comes like every ten years. Like first it's about serial killers slashing girls, then it's about gang members initiation, and mm-hmm. now it's like this is how group de jour, like the alt right or Antifa recruits their thugs. Like it's like it's just like any yeah, it's like uh if you get your headlights flashed, never 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 help out another human being ever. ever. Because if you do, they'll fucking kill you. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> There's a fun thing is that this happened in Asylum, too. Oh, right. I didn't go back and watch the scene, but there was a scene where Sarah Paulson's character escapes the asylum mm-hmm. and then oh gosh i forget exactly how it goes no, but there's, remember, a, yeah. there's a scene where that she drives by and tries to flag someone down for help and they end up being a murderer american horror story referencing itself murfception i <laughs> love it uh so th- um brooke is hard as a north pole sidewalk from being in prison and she's like i see what you're doing and donna pull over because we're gonna kick your creepy ass out uh Dylan's all like, well, what are you going to do? Because you're a bunch of women and I'm a big dude. And then a cop pulls up. 
just as Brooke is getting out a knife to gut this guy, which I thought was funny. Yes. Uh, and then Dylan shoots and kills the cop and starts asking for ID, fires several rounds at the fleeing Brooke and Donna. This guy's name is Bruce. You've called Bruce. him Dylan throughout this scene. Yeah. I thought there was going to be something hidden here with I, this I, character because the subtitles accidentally called him Alex. Mm. So I thought there would be... So I was desperately trying to search the American Horror Story Pedia for Alex's and Bruce's and and sons of brothers and children. Uh, and do you think that is a mistake? I or? think they just gave him a one and done role as okay. a serial That's killer. That's the reason that was my that was my belt. rationale for not learning his name. I'm not learning a dude's name who loses all of his thumbs and will not return in previous. <laughs> all of his I thumbs. mean, how's he going to slash somebody? Like maybe he was. Yeah. There's going to be a three way serial killer fight, but yeah. I mean, how is he going to look out of a window and masturbate while crying without <laughs> thumbs? <laughs> Yeah, we got to do like a sad little kitten mitten grip with two, you know, like you're batting it back and forth like a ball of yarn. That's not going to work. Nope. Actually, it might. I'll report back to you next week. Cry harder. Works better. (laughs) Uh, Did you know tears make an effective lube? Probably not. Nope. Uh, I will not report back on that. Uh, So at Cape Redwood, a fake Jingles is taking a piss. The real Jingles comes up behind him and says, hey, wait, we've met. Then the other two slain ghost jingles jump him and they're about to kill him for killing them originally (laughs) when the kind of chubby nearsighted one says, whoa, 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 Montana has forbidden us from killing anyone before the festival. So they take him captive instead. I love that Ghost Montana is just the bad boss bitch of the camp. Yes. She is riding roughshod over people that have been there forever, been there for generations. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. She's great. She's she, she's just running the place because she knows how to have a good time. She will cut a and ghost if she, they get out of line. Right. And I also love that the parents of, not just the parents, but the police and everyone really believes that Brooke was capable of digging and setting all these primitive traps <laughs> yeah. that killed all of the people, sure. all of the people that have died here. Sure. Her extensive experience and they, they found her so guilty of these, of these <laughs> crimes that they were able to sentence her within four years and kill her. There are people... <sighs> There, yeah, that's Charles Manson lived a long, healthy and life. Doing dying this in on California. Death. In California. Yeah, this isn't fucking Texas, y'all. This is how guilty Brooke is. She's guilty as shit. Um, so they this this scene is essentially just exposition for the ghosts and jingles to catch each other up on things that we already have known from the last several episodes. The only thing I think knew, well, no, we knew this, but Montana found, finds out that Ramirez is still alive and empowered by Satan. Um, she's what, so turned on <laughs> what is xavier wearing in this scene it's the most unflattering outfit and this this like kind of hunched over stance he's taking i don't know i do love that they're all wearing that they've all coordinated their outfits now like they're <laughs> they're having fun at under Brooke, or montana's regime just wearing all shades of blue here like that, xavier needs to kind of like i don't know but demand the demand a slightly better fitting short uh, yeah, they're so high up, and it's just it's very it's very breezy, and and I love seeing Cody Fern's like sinewy white, creamy white legs mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. arms. It's he's having so much fun. The outfit wants to be a romper so bad, it does. but it's just it's just ahead of its time. There is some hilarious quotes here. A direct quote from Xavier: "Are you brain dead? You killed half of us here. Remember, you and Margaret are psychos, and we got caught in your crossfire. None of this makes any sense." Like seven episodes in, we know this. Yeah, I desperately tried to grab that to make a gif out of it, but <laughs> the FX app kept freezing at the exact point when he says, "None of this makes sense." This is even better. Montana on being a ghost. <laughs> There's a constant state of emptiness and longing, but that's pretty much how I felt when I was alive. So uh, they reveal that they can pe- feel pain, but also pleasure and fear. Uh, and their plan is to murder everyone at this camp so it gets huge attention so that all the Ghostbusters in the nation and around the world have to come and then they will break the curse somehow. So This is the- a pretty half-baked plot but it's montana's plot so it kind of checks out right but the three massacres Mm -hmm. that have occurred and the very obvious signs of ghost activity here weren't enough right well why you got to bring ghosts into it clearly this slightly built teenage girl did all that i mean you don't need to appeal to ghosts come on uh (laughs) 
So then they reveal that it's not all sunshine and roses being a ghost here because there's this crazy lady in white that runs around killing and torturing the other ghosts. Just only other ghosts. And they have just like a little flashback of like one of them like running, Shed. screaming. And, as Chet getting murdered in the woods by, because, you know, he's got to keep your head in a swivel out there, buddy. It's a, it's a dangerous uh, jungle out there. You know what? The, I, I think I just realize what I like about Chet so much. What's that? Or maybe it's Gus Kenworthy himself. Is that he? He's got this air of trying to be tough, but he's just so—he's just like so sweet and naive. Yeah, also, he's pretty marshmallowy in, yeah. the, in, the, in the center. So, so Jingle's like, "Oh, Lady in White, all well, that figures." And then he tells us the backstory that we already knew uh, from the the opening of this episode, and then revealed that after Bobby died, she stabbed and killed all the lifeguards and camp counselors at the camp. She then stabs baby Jingles in the leg, which explains Jingles' Jingles limp, and then Jingles is forced to stab his mother to save his own life. He then reveals that's when the curse began, and Ryan Murphy tilts back from his uh, his typewriter, amazed at his own genius. (laughs) (laughs) So then Xavier takes Jingles back to this abandoned uh, cabin shack that I don't think we've ever seen. Nope. Uh, which apparently Lily Rabe haunts and sure enough she's there looking all crazy and he's like mom you've been here the whole time I've been back this camp like five times the way he the way John Carroll Lynch says you've been here the whole Whole time time. is and then is Bobby here too and she says don't say his name and she reveals that in 1970 she felt the stirring of something primal the fact her son had returned to camp and she was so pissed off it was this disappointing doughy son rather than the beautiful sharp witty clever golden boy that uh, she decided to bend all of her powers to ruin his life. And it turns out Margaret was crazy, but not like murderously crazy until Lily Rabe. No, she was just crazy enough to like fall in love fall with a war veteran. With the guy with the shit eating uh, yeah. uh, uh, beard? Facial hair. Yeah. It's a facial configuration, I Goatee, believe you call it. Goat pie on his face. <laughs> um She's just 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 crazy enough that a ghost can whisper in her ear for a few nights and have her turn full on murderous crazy. Uh, See, this is what's so upsetting to me about this season uh is that this would have worked so well because a little bit of setup. Yeah, a little bit more. Lavinia whispering in Margaret's ears for nights and nights makes so much sense. If it had started happening, if she had like sent Margaret to Jingles, Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Because of the way she also calls him Benji, like her mother does, mm-hmm. it's it's if it would have worked so much more effectively if it had been in a certain sequence of events. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other th- funny thing about this is, for whatever reason, they have Lily Rabe like warping around the cabin every five seconds, <laughs> forcing Jingles to like do these big one eighty stage turns, <gasps> like and. <laughs> It kind of plays as parody because the first time it's like, okay, well, the ghost is being unnerving and weird, but like it just keeps happening. Like, what? What the right. hell? Why is it happening? Is she trying to be spooky or is she I, just a force of frenetic energy that is unable to pin yeah, to one place? She's just uncontrolled ghost the kinesis. I don't, I, I don't know. So from 1948 until 1984, she can just stay hidden, <laughs> but now she's just bouncing all over the place. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, That's and why fair. did she? she came back That's in the, the 70s, thing. Like she, apparently. we should have seen her several times. Yes. Like, like if nothing else, they should have established the mystery of the lady in white. Because um, I don't think anybody. Of course, then. The, the, but the problem is, the more they, I, I have a feeling that the more they tease this, the easier it had been to discover. Plus, people had been like, "What the fuck? There was a massacre in 1948." Like, no one. Uh, the, the, they're. I don't know. Some of this is, like, I think they're easy ambushing us these facts so that we can't be like, hey, wait a second. What? Right. Easy to discover shouldn't be something that you're trying to avoid. You're doing 1984 f- slasher true. flicks. That's true. All of this stuff we saw coming. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and she then says that uh, she took the only thing he cared about and used it to destroy your life. And she vows to spend the rest of her moments on this earth to make sure that he burns and suffers the way she does. And she just says amazingly cruel things about him and his son and how her son would be lucky to die instead of being raised by this crazy person as a father. And it just devastates him. And again, I can't believe it, but I'm totally rooting for Mr. Shit Sandwich here. Uh, Cause he just was dealt a really bad hand. I feel bad for him. 
Meanwhile, yeah. Brooke and Donna get rear-ended by Dylan as they're sitting there at a stoplight congratulating themselves on escaping from this guy. Uh, by the way, this car has no headrests, and this is whiplash city in slow motion. I just felt like the whole time I'm just thinking, ow, my neck. The rest of this series, Donna... <laughs> Donna and Brooke should be holding their neck and be saying, ow, my neck. Well, I mean, here's the thing uh-huh. that you don't understand is that Aquanet used to stand in for headrest back then. So their oh, hair is right. so stiff right now. Right. Their, he- their neck's not going anywhere. Yeah, their whole head was a crash helmet. Yeah, but uh, they're just, they're ragdolls. <laughs> they're, they're both tiny women. Uh-huh. All of their, they're just, they're just disassembled here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints. Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Uh, so he also takes a shotgun and shotguns the driver of this truck that's just an innocent bystander. Then he abducts Brooke and Donna in the truck of the man he just killed. So this one man Mm -hmm. takes two unconscious, one dead person, three vehicles, Mm -hmm. and was able to move them away from this intersection without any suspicion. And this Nobody's isn't like in the middle car. of the desert anymore. This is like at a fairly, you know, this is an yeah, intersection. Under the highway. Whatnot. Yeah, it's in California. Yeah. And also pretty well-populated place. That same stretch of road later to set up this elaborate ruse. <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't even, he drove like five minutes away. Uh, but then when Brooke comes to, she's stuck in the driver's seat where Dylan's got a shotgun to her head and reveals that he's tied Donna to the back of the truck. And he jigsaws her into a situation saying, you either drag literally donna behind you or i shotgun you in the face and i drag her anyway and he gets graphic about what uh you know gravel road can do to human body and brooke can uh oh also he explains that he's kind of in a serial killer competition he's wanting to catch up to ramirez Mm -hmm. and eventually bundy like this is kind of something they established early on that like all these serial killers are kind of like right competing with each other and he also says something like well, if you don't do this, then how are you going to get to the festival and you won't get to see the great Billy Idol? Yeah, he thinks that Brooke and Donna are like festival girls instead of like murderous revenge girls. <laughs> right. He's going to learn here what soon. What she's about to learn. But Brooke, oh, I'm, with this Billy Idol line, if Billy Idol doesn't show up for this festival in real life... He's going to. Next episode. I'm going to be so disappointed. He's going to. I don't think he will play Billy Idol. I think he will play like some kind of ne- record. Yeah, yeah. He, he will be there at himself himself probably not playing himself because how the hell like i've seen billy idol in a commercial like a year ago he can't pull off 19 early night even early 90s billy idol anymore so so brooke uh pretends to be afraid and comply with his demands and but essentially just floors it in reverse donna 
who wakes up just in time to see she's about to get ran over, lays down, the truck roars past her, uh, Donna, or, uh, Brooke slams on the brakes. This causes uh, Mr. Dead Muskrat Mustache to go flying around the cabin. She uses this distraction to grab his gun from his waist and shoot him in the leg? In the leg, because she wants to torture this guy? Maybe I don't know. She's as close as she can get. Like, as soon as she pulls it out of the waistband, that's the first thing you can do to incapacitate Why him. Why don't they just kill this guy? They take. They end up taking yeah, him prisoner. Yeah, once he gets out of the door, then you shoot him in the head. They end up taking his prisoner. I'm going to just jump ahead to the part where Brooke ties him to a telephone pole and cuts off his thumbs so that he can't hitchhike anymore. Uh, then she tries to ditch Donna, but Donna insists on, quote unquote, seeing it through. Yeah, right. Seeing your research through, maybe. Seeing your pact with Satan through, maybe. maybe. I don't know what this is, Donna, but it's <laughs> it's 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 no good, and you're up to it. Uh, so Margaret is inspecting Camp Redwood and just reading Courtney the riot act about it not being ready. Uh, she's essentially designing Firefest 30 years ahead of its time. <laughs> she's saying, what are we going to feed these people? I know. A plain slice of white bread and a cup of water. Uh, we'll, <laughs> Which is like... We'll make beds out of rat hair and pine cone needles. I mean, it's it's crazy shit she's, she's talking. Right. Which is already half a meal more than the people who went to the fire Festival got. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, it's just... I don't know. It's it'd be it'd be a humanitarian crisis even before the ghosts start killing everybody. This is going to be a shit show. This you, like yes. there is like fifty bajillion ghosts that all want blood, and there's going to be all the it's it's going to be hilarious. It's so good. Like it should have been the. It's you would say it's going to be so good that it should have been the Halloween episode. Oh God, because I'm just envisioning this thing like. Uh, uh, Peter Jackson's, I think it's called Brain Dead or Dead, something like is that. Is Dead Alive? Huh? Dead Alive? Maybe that's what it is. It's It's got like two different names. Uh, Jim showed me it like 10 years ago. But like the, the climax of that movie is essentially everything covered in Brain blood. Brain Dead. Dead uh, Alive, yeah. It's and it, it's just like this iconic scene of just like there's there people are fighting with lawnmowers and blood's going everywhere. People are slipping and falling in the blood. Like that's what I want to see. Yeah, and you're right. That would have been a hell of a uh, uh, Halloween episode. I felt like a kid on Christmas opening up this episode and seeing my gift on Halloween. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. The, the Halloween and Christmas tie-ins keep keep happening. Mr. Robot's got me all fucked up. Like they did they did the perfect Halloween Christmas episode. What are you what are you going to do? Like they act ja- they out Jack Skeleton, Jack Skeleton. <laughs> uh Skellington? Skellington. Skellington, thank you. Uh so first tour bus uh pulls up and the first band is here. It's Kajagugu and they're here to play Too Shy and that's it. That's the only thing they're going to play. Just the one thing. Doesn't matter. Everyone's going to die anyway. Uh, Montana also briefly reveals herself to Trevor, uh, lures him to the uh, to the woods where he confesses that he's thought about her constantly. Okay, I I buy that. All right. Um, Kajagugu turns out they got their 15 minutes of fame for making a deal with Satan. Uh, Ramirez and that's is here. All they got. Yeah. Well, was the one song. Ending, the one dude got never ending story. That too. was a solo thing. It was a solo Maybe it thing. was his solo thing. So he got two things. And he got the whole band. He, so it's like he got a band's worth of souls for one guy's solo career. I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> Satan. I'm not sure if I check your soul arithmetic, I'll arrive at the same conclusion. <laughs> but uh, he's uh, Ramirez reveals himself and says he's here to collect their soul debt, and he slaughters the whole band over their song "Too Shy." Which I quite enjoyed. Yes. Then Lily Rabe haunts Jingles out on the dock as he's sharpening his knife. He says, you know, Mom, you bitch, I named my son after my brother because I loved him too. And that's why I've got to confront Ramirez because if I don't stop him, he'll kill my son. And Lily says, but you have no chance because Satan. And he says, yeah, I know. And Lily says, here's the deal. Ramirez is here to collect your soul, and if he kills you, you're you're not going to come back. I assume that means you're going to be drugged down to hell. But if you die by your own hand, or really anyone here, like you don't have to do it yourself, uh, you you'll come back forever and what? Be, also be stuck here. So like, if you aren't able to kill in league with Satan Ramirez as a ghost, then you're fucked because that's this is your one and only shot. But this is the one time where killing yourself. Makes you exempt from eternal he- damnation. Yeah. I that's yeah. Uh-huh. 
I, someone needs to check her soul arithmetic here. I mean, honestly, all this stuff about suicide and being in hell and purgatory, like some and of this stuff is a little extra biblical. So like, I, I don't know. But this yeah, is the woman who well, said she tried to destroy herself many times. What does she know about getting that's, out? And- that's the other problem is I feel like they're telling us that she's giving ad, uh, advice in bad faith here. Like this is not the correct thing that he should do and i don't understand why he so uncritically just takes her advice right because if she had had a moment where she tried to manipulate him and say you know i'm so sorry i'm so hard on you i forgive you or whatever no. then i would see him buying into her bullshit but she was being a stone cold bitch right up to the uh, to the point where he kills himself by stabbing himself in the gut uh what is it with people wanting to kill themselves with knives in the most difficult way possible slow motion stabs through the heart improbable weird contortionist stabs in the neck uh you know committing seppuku with a kitchen knife like just right and also there's no got a gun here it's just so slow and painful i mean yeah yeah, go for a main vein or or well they say uh, way too man's heart is through his stomach so maybe he just thought took that really literal but it's just like can you imagine just surviving that ah no awful no uh, but yeah, he, he guts himself after vowing not to curse his son the way he cursed his brother, uh, which feels like he really took a 180 uh, on on that kind of mental course of action. Uh, but maybe that's that's Lily Rabe's special power. She can ghost whisper in people's ear and make him do terrible things. Uh, and then he comes back to life and he's he's he instantly. In fact, he dies from that gut wound in three seconds, instantly comes back to life, looks at his body, picks up the knife and thus bloodied walked back to the camp and that's it it took him no time to figure out what was going on mm-hmm. everyone well, else had to wander around as ghosts for months true. in order to get their ghost mind together but that's he true just instantly remembered that is very true yeah it is unfortunately maybe it's because his satan deal like satan's got a lean like a mechanics lean on his soul so when he dies, it doesn't get reset into the soul verse. It's like, you know, it's got that, it's got oh, that lean right. attached to it. Yeah. So Satan needs you to get to work immediately. Yeah. There's no yeah. training period. Yeah. You can't, he's going to garnish your soul wages. There's no <laughs> yeah. way you can beat Satan. At yeah. His, you can't at spend the soul, time in like unpaid game? training. No, no, no. Second you dealt with him, it's already, it's, it's already too late. Right. So, um, it's like buying a car from one of those shady side 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 lot deals, like the old gas stations. You know, the mm-hmm. guys are selling like ten uh, year old cars for thirty three thousand dollars. Like this will run right Wheel now. Wheel finance twenty seven percent APR. Right, this thing will drive you off the lot, but how that's far all it goes. it'll do. That's all it'll do. <laughs> then we'll repossess it three months later. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's this is this is how Satan. This is how Satan works with the souls, man. Satan. Before we get into feedback, I have a question. Okay. Montana and Trevor are making that ghost baby, right? Ooh. Am I getting that ghost baby I want? See, I don't know if she's going to keep him alive or she's going to kill him so she has, like, you know, forever dick for as long as it takes to figure out this curse oh. for the, with the Ghostbusters. Forever dick, forever dick. Forever, ever. Forever, ever dick. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. That's, yeah, that's all I've got. We do have some feedback. She's sorry, Miss Jackson, but this ghost dick is too real. Uh, okay, at this point, we are going to consult feedback uh, that you can send in. It's too late now, but for next week, sure. <laughs> AHS at baldmove.com. What is our first email? Also, you can go into forums at baldmove.com <laughs> to discuss this week's episode with your fellow fans. Yeah, but we won't read that on air. No, no. Uh, we just have a couple this week. First one is from Eric. So, fun fact, this season was planned to air last year and Apocalypse was planned this year. Episode 6, a.k.a. episode 100, was supposed to be the return to Murder House episode 6 last year. That would have made sense. That's probably why it sucked shit last week. (laughs) Also, it makes sense that this season is a banger uh, because they had two years to write it. Except for they still only bothered to write the first six episodes. Because seven, eight, nine were an audible. There's no fucking way they weren't. Right. Uh, the teaming of Brooke and Donna is awesome, and Dermot McDilmot's cameo was a shock <laughs> as well as Liz- Lily Robbie. He wrote Lily Robbie. Yeah, I, I, because I, I did some creeping on the subreddit that just doesn't love us at all, and everyone loved. Everyone just thought this is the best episode of the season, and I just. 
I don't know. It's the most like other seasons of American Horror Story, which seems like maybe that's why they liked it. But like, I don't know. This has been such a weird, silly, fun season to kind of like slow things down and try to give like Emmy performances to like three or four different people. Right. At the same time, you have a ridiculous five-minute roller rink scene and the ridiculous homage to Sleepaway Camp. I, I don't know. It felt like a felt like a pretty. It, it felt like uh, getting emotional whiplash. It felt like this this episode had no backrests on its seat. And <laughs> ow, my neck. The rest of the season, I'm gonna be saying ow, my neck. Yes. Uh, Eric continues. At times, I thought the Jingles mom story dragged on. We get it. Your son died. Get over it. <laughs> I guess the twist of the double takeout and Margaret not being behind the murder sort of means that we're deemed Margaret by the end of next episode and we'll meet her mom, too. I think they could just cut the fat and leave the Night Stalker's ass in jail. And last episode would have been the last Satan, Satan, Satan. Hmm. I'm thinking there will be a final girl. I'm starting to like Donna a lot, so I hope she makes it out. And Brooke dies instead to pull one last twist. Hmm. I knew it. Or Eric also agrees that Brooke's probably not going to be the final girl. Uh, I don't agree that the fat is the night soccer Richard Ramirez at all. I think it's... No, he's the leanest cut of bacon I've ever seen. I think Fry it's a up. lot of other things. Fry him up and eat him. Mm-mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jamie, can we please take a minute to talk about Lily Rabe? Remember, Rabe rhymes with Gabe. I read this email before I started the podcast, and that's uh -huh. the only reason I remembered. Mm. It's constant because you see Rabe and you want to say Robbie. Yeah. And it's fun to say Lily Robbie. Lily Rabe, very mm. harsh, very harsh mouthfeel. Right. Lily Robbie, that just rolls off your tongue. Right, right. The coming, like lollipop. Coming off the heels of two, two hot syllables on the first name to one slow down syllable on the second name. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's safe to say that Rabe is the most underrated actor in AHS history. Well, I mean, there's a lot of strong. strong you mean just talents. like in the whole general universe of actors or within just actors in American Horror Story? I mean, is she underrated in the sense that like various podcasters have described her as kind of coasting on twirl dancing the Stevie Nicks kind of <laughs> underrated? Because, like, I don't feel like... And she was also just super fucking annoying in the Roanoke season, which was probably her biggest role yeah. on the show. Uh, so I don't know. I Coven was her biggest role. It, it was, but, like, I felt like she was just, like, too... Like, she's that was her, like, at her twirl dancing kind of, like, hippie height. And I, I just feel like it hasn't given her much to do. Right. So, like, yeah, she might be underrated in the sense that, like, if you only saw, oh. like, Grace Gummer in American Horror Story, you might say Grace Gummer is underrated. She did the She's mother. She's never had a chance to fly. She did the mother of Infantata, I believe, in the Murder House first season. Yeah. Uh, well, that's Jamie the thing is continues. that people, people are way more in love with Asylum and Murder House than I am. Yeah. So, like, maybe they have a lot more... Uh, fond, fond well, let's hear it. Jamie's case. Okay. Rabe is one of the original players who consistently gets overlooked. Rabe can do anguish. My God, I just loved her performance. She grew up in theater and her acting is a bit stagey. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. Uh, the scenes between her and John Carroll Lynch were exceptional, almost out of character for the show at this point in its history. One yeah. thing to remember about Rabe, she has range. If you look at all of her characters, she does all of them well, and they're all very different. You can't she say Rabe's. You can't say Lang had range on this show. Uh, I guess so. She's always kind of played the aging sex pot. Yeah. She's really good at it. Yeah. She, she's That's like, like accusing Angela Bassett of always playing the ageless sex pot. It's like. Well. Plus, that's not true. She also played the, the insane cop mom from Roanoke. That was the Angela weakest. Bassett has range. She does. <laughs> Especially when she gets her groove back. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be like, honey, I've never lost it. <laughs> Debbie. So that whole theory about them saving all the little surprises for the Halloween episode was bullshit. I feel taken. First, the disappointment about the unimpressive 100th episode to this one. I have to say I enjoyed seeing Derm Dermot McRooney and Lily Ray Cyrus, but it just seemed like a setup episode. I was so hoping for more. I feel you. I feel you. I feel yeah. like we got took. Agreed. Uh, but I think Eric gave us an answer on that one, at least. Final email is from Tabinkinsaw. 
Hey guys, what did you think of the roller disco scene in this episode? I know you're both of the opinion that this has been a fun season, but didn't you think the whole roller boogie thing was gratuitous and out of place? I get that they had to get Dylan McDermott in there somehow, but Donna and Brooke weren't exactly in a roller boogie frame of mind in this episode. To me, it felt like a very lazy way of just throwing more 80s kitsch into the show, whether it was plot appropriate or not. Donna and Brooke could have simply picked up the hitchhiker on their way to the camp concert or met him at a gas station. I thought this was the strongest episode of the season otherwise and really enjoyed the guest stars, but they really took a wrong turn at the roller rink. Man. So that's a strong argument against the roller rink. I hadn't thought about that, that it was out of place. No, I, it's like I said, it's re- the only reason I liked it is because it was fun. Otherwise, it's ridiculous. Straight 12 hours of detox. Uh-huh. And no matter how many bottles of water you drink before uh-huh. going there, you're just ready to go with she this hard physical she activity. She still hasn't been able to eat food without throwing up. But, you know, if she just like, what, what did Donna say? It's like, hey, if you take this water. But licorice. Yeah. <laughs> that you, th- you share with boys. You, you, you take, can. What? Oh, when they went to the roller rink, there's a scene of them oh, sharing yeah, licorice. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like the lady in the tramping. Yeah. It. You can keep that down. Um, I, yeah, no, it's like, it's ridiculous, but I thought it was cool and fun. So I allowed it, but you're right. Like it's not of a piece with the rest of this episode, which is not kind of of a piece with the rest of the season. Right. So I can see, but that's the thing, I guess, because I can't remember if Tabink was like not liking the season. Uh, if the overall tenor is like, I think that maybe that's the case that he's kind of like along for the ride, but it wasn't really hitting him just right. Mm. So it makes sense if so, if my thesis is correct. If not, just disregard everything I said. Yeah. Uh, but it, it makes so that if, if, if a person was unsatisfied with this season, that they would see this as a return to form. But if you're really grooving this, this season, this felt like, you know, hitting a pothole on an otherwise smooth road. Yeah. I and agree. also, I do think there's a bit of like double disappointment from like 100 episode and Halloween episode letdown. Right. This show airs at a certain time of year for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, American Horror Story could air in January or February or the middle of the summer, but it doesn't. It airs in October, and your episodes usually fall within a few days or exactly on October. This is true. Uh, 31st, Halloween. Did last year. And. So most of your seasons have a Halloween theme where they do something with it. So you can't be mad at us for having expectations that you set. I will say, though, that I no longer have Halloween expectations because I, like, I feel like it's been three plus years since they've had like a fun trick or treating or some kind of Halloween theme episode on Halloween. So I'm thinking that like maybe we should just stop looking out for that. Yeah, that breaks my heart because mm. <laughs> I love Halloween. Mm-hmm. So it's like now I have to have watch a show that doesn't have any Halloween themes to it on Halloween ish time. But that's not maybe because like I will say that like Halloween is starting to give Christmas a run for its money and that like if you just <laughs> watch basic cable, it's essentially the Halloween channel for like the last week. Like last night, there was so much great classic horror being played by everybody right friday 13th mm-hmm. halloween hocus nightmare pocus. on elm State street po- poltergeist yeah they were they even had the fun stuff like hocus pocus and mm-hmm. some of the kitty there's like a goosebumps marathon going on like treehouse of terror there's yeah like fxx has been doing the tr- the treehouse of the terror horror terror oh treehouse of terror from the simpsons marathon it's 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 a great time to love halloween nowadays Bald Move is doing that spectacular that gets so much buzz and, and love that they're considering cross-posting it to the American Horror Story feed, I hear. We're going to in the future, I think, and it's going to be a lot less complicated parts. Because <laughs> <laughs> three three parts of a third part is mm-hmm. that's a lot. We're we're getting kind of Ryan Murphy with our, our in, 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 in jokes. So next week will be, next year will be four parts with four movies each. Yeah, but again, if you're if you're a fan of any of that, then send us some feedback. Uh, I think just hs at baldmove dot com would work on the cinematic spectacular. Just, just whatever. If you <laughs> have any thoughts on that before the next season, or if you want to get a hold of us after the next episode for are you excited about the McRib rib coming back? Send it to hs at baldmove dot com. So yes. We will see you next week for the penultimate episode. Our mm. penultimate episode still a threat banger or banger threat. 
I'm so threat banger. That's really scary. Sorry, I was just taking it back for a moment. No, is is is, is the banger threat level elevated on a penultimate, or are we we really holding that hope for the finale? Uh, we we have no hopes, and we're not holding out for anything anymore. <laughs> it's just we're just gonna show up and just well, see what we happens. We had the world's I longest guess. night. Maybe we had the world's longest concert. It's just gonna have two hours of ghost slaughter for the next two weeks. You know what? I hope Billy Idol doesn't show up. Fuck it. What? 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 Wow, we really no have expectations. We have abandoned all it's hope. Horror. Ye who have entered. Yeah. All right. AHS at ballmove.com, forums.ballmove.com. We'll see you next week on ballmove.com. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Aaron. And I'm Cecily.com. Good evening. Wait. Happy November. <laughs> Happy belated Halloween. Have a good weekend. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>